I am so excited to tell you that the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte, North Carolina is back open. It was closed for a couple of months as they were renovating and making some changes and great updates. Going to the library is one of my favorite things, and I know you probably think that because I say that I'm Billy Graham's granddaughter, but it truly is. I love taking my kids there. I learn something new each time when I look at my grandfather's life and how God took a boy from Charlotte, North Carolina, who lived on a farm, to take the gospel message around the world and the people that he met along the way and how God used him in a mighty way. And they have a wonderful dairy bar where you can take your family and your friends, get a milkshake, get some coffee and eat lunch as well. So I encourage you, go check it out. If you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, you can get more information on milligramlibrary.org. Do you ever feel inadequate for the task God has put before you? I want to remind you what's important. It's not who you are, but it's who you belong to. Hi, I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Welcome to Fearless, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. Welcome back to a new episode of Fearless. Uh, Most of y'all, the year is well on its way. For me, personally, I feel like I'm just getting started, although we are at the end of February already, which is hard to believe. But having a newborn in our home, it is... um, I'm just trying to catch my breath. And she is a great baby, a wonderful baby, but I'm still exhausted and uh, trying to get caught up. So I kind of feel like I'm just now starting my year. But this is our first episode of the year here on Fearless. And if you remember, or if you listened to my first episode last year, I kind of shared that each year, instead of a New Year's resolution, I would have a theme for that year for my prayer life, um, a theme for my spiritual life. And often it was um, kind of around one word. Um, But last year, the Lord laid on my heart that I had not been praying um, enough for my children and when it comes to their salvation. And so I really, that was kind of how I kicked off my year. I was just praying really heavily for that. And I think in a couple episodes after that first episode, I shared how my son Austin um, accepted the Lord um, as his Lord and Savior and asked Jesus to forgive him. Um, What I didn't share was a couple months after that, that my husband prayed with my daughter one night when he was putting her to bed, This um, um, just the prayer of salvation. And those were just two wonderful praises we had last year. But of course, I shared at the end of um, the year, from the first episode to the last episode, was um, quite a difference. Um, I shared with how I struggled a year of anxiety and depression brought on by pregnancy, kind of a kind of a surprise pregnancy for me, and just how our life was altered a little bit. But I shared that it was just a really difficult year, spiritually, physically, um, just relationships. I became kind of a a hermit. I hid in my own little corner of my world, kind of even hid my pregnancy from the world for a really long time. Um, so coming out of that, and, and also I think I shared that I had to um, cancel a lot of speaking engagements, that the anxiety and the depression were really like paralyzing to me and had to take a lot off my plate. But as this year has started and um, starting to fill up my calendar again, getting back to a normal life 
and feeling good. The calendar's filling up and um, speaking engagements have come. So this year, you know, well, let me back up a little bit. I'm, you know, with that saying is, it's like I'm kind of like a deer in headlights a little bit as I was trying to explain to my husband, um, coming really raw out of last year and feeling a little raw and um, kind of, even in my prayer life, figuring things out with God and where He would like me to go after last year. So my theme of what the Lord is reminding me to be a part of my prayer life um, as our family is now rolling with a newborn and trying to figure that and how to balance it, uh, work life, traveling, speaking, uh, recording, you know, these episodes, you know, right now I just have a, um, my husband's out of town and I got a baby in the corner and she started crying right before we started recording this episode. So there's just a lot to balance, but with all of that and trying after the struggles of last year, God has reminded me, it's not who I am. It's not who sissy is, but it's who I belong to that. I belong to God that I am one of His. And so I kind of often say it's not who you are, but whose you are, you belong to God. And He's been reminding me that through as I've um, struggled with my last year and as I'm just getting started this year. And I want to ask you, do you ever feel inadequate for the job or task God has put before you? And that is something I've struggled with for um for years. I think when I look here at, at Fearless, you know, this is not a platform that I went seeking because I wanted my own platform and I wanted my own voice and I wanted the followers and all of that is that this was something that the Lord really laid on my heart. Um, this was something I started. I'd shared why I started Fearless. Um, it's not because I'm a Graham and I have that last name and that's kind of what's expected of us. Um, I say no to a lot of opportunities because I don't feel God has called me. But when God has called us to something, He equips us for it. But often we feel inadequate for the job or task. And that is even in my everyday life as a mom, um, as a wife, trying to be a godly mom and a godly wife, balancing work, that often I feel the task is beyond my abilities. And there's a poem that I have kept in my Bible for many years, maybe almost nine or 10 years, and um, a, a colleague at work, she ended up printing it out, and I have kept it in my Bible. And it's a poem from my grandmother's book, and that she wrote it. And um, it's not most one of her most well-known um, poems. And by the way, my mom always laughs at me of how I say the word poem. She says I say it wrong, so forgive me if I say that word, not how you're used to hearing it. I'm not sure how I say it wrong. Um, that comes with one of my insecurities and feeling inadequate to host a, um, a podcast because I often stutter on my words and stumble and get words mixed up with my vocabulary. Um, but I believe that my grandmother, not knowing, of course, because she wrote this many years ago, I believe she wrote it before I was born, but I truly believe that she wrote it for me, her granddaughter, to read years and years later. A granddaughter that would struggle with her identity um, her identity in the Lord and who God has called me to be. I think she wrote it for, you know, my struggles of being a woman in kind of a male-dominated family and ministry, uh, struggles of a mom and a wife. Um, 
And I'm so thankful that she put the pen to paper to describe my grandfather, Billy Graham, in a way that the world might not have seen it. And um, I'll read it. And of course, I don't ever think it's um, as beautiful when you hear poetry other than when you read it, but I will do my best. And she says, he is not eloquent as men count such. For him, words trip and stumble, giving speech an awkward touch. And humbled, so much is left unsaid that he would say if he were eloquent. Wisely discontent, compassion-driven, the old, the lonely, and the outcast come. All are welcomed, all find a home, all his brothers. Behind him, deeds rise quietly to stay, and those with eyes to see can see all he can say. Perhaps he would not have spent his life this way if he were eloquent. I remember reading this for the first time because I'd really struggled um, as God was giving me these kind of platforms to go speak. I would turn so many of them down because as I said, I really have struggled with my speech for many years and uh, mixing up vocabulary. Remember when I started dating Corey one time, I mixed up these two words and he just started laughing hysterically at me. Um, and it became such an insecurity of mine. Even I have um, people at work, even my producer here at Fearless, he's always on the search if I say a word wrong here on Fearless. So anyways, I'm letting you know a little secret that is quite an insecurity of mine. But my grandmother wrote that, that my grandfather was not eloquent, but that maybe he would have spent his life different if he would. And I believe that's because God uses our weaknesses for his strength and for his glory. Because we know in 2 Corinthians 12, 10, it says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And that's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Um, but many of you know the story of Moses and that he in scripture kind of reveals the same thing. But I, I wanna go a little bit before that in Exodus 3, and this is when God's uh, confronted Moses from the burning bush, and um, he talks about how he has seen the Israelites, he's seen their oppression, he's heard their cry and their sorrows, and he's going to send Moses. And it says, starting in verse 10, it says, "'Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt.' But Moses says to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children out of Egypt? So he said, speaking, God said, I will certainly be with you, and that shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. And then Moses asked the question, he goes, Indeed, I will come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Um, and then it goes on in chapter four when Moses kind of keeps um, objecting and kind of gives these excuses. And then he says, Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. 
And then he goes on with more pleas, saying, Oh, Lord, please send um, by my hand whoever else you may send. And I think it's a, um, when I read that, um, often kind of at the beginning of the year, each year, because um, many times, you know, we've, I'm sure you included, said, I'm going to read scripture. Um, or go through the Bible in one year. And so, of course, you get to Exodus pretty early on. And it's always a great reminder at the beginning of the year is, I belong to the I am. I am one of His, and He will be with us wherever He sends us. And many of you, maybe you've started off this year with um, some goals, maybe career goals, maybe goals in your family. Maybe God's really laid it on your heart um, to do something that you feel is beyond your capability, um, that the job is beyond you. I, for sure, there are times in my life that I know I could not have done it. It was only God that went before me to speak, whether that was on a, a big stage that I've been on before thousands of people, or even something small, like with my family, um, a small task. Just this morning, I was praying before I got out of bed. I felt like yesterday I had failed a little bit as a mom, um, not just a little bit, big time as a mom, and not knowing how to navigate something with my children and not knowing how to discuss a certain situation with my children. So I was just praying, Lord, to be a godly mom, um, I don't feel adequate for that right now, and I need you. Before I get out of this bed, I need you to go before me. So I, I say that is maybe it's a big task in your life. Maybe the Lord has put something, it seems like a mountain that seems too hard for you to climb. Or maybe it's in your everyday life of what you got to get accomplished and you need God's help. And you're asking, God, who am I? Who am I to climb this mountain? Just as Moses has asked, who am I? And to remind you that you are a child of God, that you belong to the I am. And I want to remind you, too, is your calling is about whether you are able, um, but it's rather, are you available? Are you available for God to use? Are you obedient when He has called you to do something and um, you don't see how it's going to be possible? You don't see how you are capable of doing it, but God only needs your heart that is available. And um, today we mark the anniversary of my grandfather, Billy Graham, going home to heaven, somewhere he uh, longed to go for many years. And it's hard to believe that we're at that time where five years has passed. Uh, just recently, um, over Christmas, my husband took, um, my husband and I and the kids spent our Christmas in Asheville. I had not spent a Christmas in Asheville, North Carolina, um, since I was a little girl. But we went up to my grandfather's house. It's the first time I'd been to my grandfather's house since he had passed. And I was prepared for it to be really emotional. Um, there's nothing left in my grandfather's home. All the furniture, you know, has been divided up um, between his children and all been taken to their homes. And um, it just sits very still and very quiet in the mountains of North Carolina and very empty. Um, but, you know, I could still smell like my grandmother's smell. I could still... Uh, envision my grandfather uh, sitting in the chair and when you walked in his eyes his beautiful blue eyes would uh, lighten up when somebody would walk into the room and he would always make you feel like you were the only one in the room and I say that stories because my grandfather was always available first off on his public life 
um, God took him, a small farm boy, and as my grandfather or as my grandmother wrote, a man that didn't believe he was eloquent with his words and that he stuttered and such. But of course, we know my grandfather was just publicly available. You know his public life that he had served the Lord on a big stage in front of big crowds, telling people about God's love. Um, but he was also available on a personal level behind the scenes. I kind of just shared when you would walk into a room at his house, his eyes would just lighten up and he would make you feel like you were the only person in the room. But it's recently, you know, I always love when people come up and tell me a Billy Graham story. Seems like everybody has a Billy Graham story. They remember the first time they heard him or stories of their parents turning him on TV and watching him. And it doesn't matter where I go, people will always come up and share kind of their personal story with Billy Graham or when they gave their life to Christ. And recently, um, I had two people come up and share two different stories, but they were both very similar. Um, but one of them was a man and he was at um, the airport I think they were at a private airport. I can't remember what city. And my grandfather had gotten there a little bit early. And this man wanted to go up and introduce himself. And I can't remember exactly what happened. Something had just happened tragically in this man's life. And he went up to talk to my grandfather and share it. And instead of my grandfather, you know, just saying a quick, quiet word and moving on, my grandfather just spent quite a long time with him and talking with him and praying with him. And I just, it just stuck out that my grandfather was available in that moment to that person and that that forever impacted spiritually that man. And, um, recently somebody else shared it. It was an airport story with Billy Graham. And that time it was um, at a public airport and they were in a restaurant, but the restaurant wasn't open. The only place you could get drinks was at the bar. And that that person um, had sent my grandfather, Billy Graham, to the bar to get a drink. And um, there was the person that was attending the bar um, just later said had a heart attack, went up to that woman and just said, how could you send Billy Graham? And I was working on a Sunday and I was at the bar and you sent him to get a drink for me. Um, and so it was just a funny story. I need to clarify, not a drink from the bar, but whatever it was, water or something he was getting, but that um, he had spent time with that person really talking to them. And it was just a great reminder that we have to take those small moments that whoever God has put into our life, um, that we have to be available. And I think, you know, we have to be available to share the love of God, to take that time with them. Uh, I shared in an episode back in the fall um, some issues that I saw happening in the church. One of them is that we don't know the Great Commission. And how many of us do not feel eloquent enough to share the love of God with those around us, whether that's with somebody we work with or we go to school with, or even if it's a complete stranger. We're like, Lord, I'm not eloquent. I might butcher up those words. I don't know how to present it. Or you're too fearful. You know, and those might seem mountains that we are not capable of climbing. But He has called all of us to that. He's called each of us to our, to our own communities, to our own task, our own job, and even that own mountain in front of us He has placed. He has called us. And it's not whether you're able, but it's rather, are you available? And it isn't who you are, but it's who you belong to. And the voices in your heart and kind of the world around you it's going to doubt you. It's going to place those seeds of doubt. It's going to place those insecurities, much of those insecurities that I've been wrestling with this past year. That's how Satan works, and that's what the world is going to tell you. But the truth is, 
God wants to use you and he needs your availability to do it. And I just want to encourage you on this episode, this first episode back is to be available for the calling God has on your life. And this calling is going to look different for each and every one of us. Um, I don't believe there's any big or small callings. All those callings are part of God's kingdom. And He's going to use us each in our own unique ways and use our gifts, even if we don't think they're our gifts. He's going to take those weaknesses um, so we can show His strength and His glory when it's all for Him. But each of us has been called to point a world, a world that is suffering. We look at the world around us each and every day. We turn on the news and it's devastating. You know, everybody says the Lord's coming back soon, that we are in the end times. Um, We don't know that. We've been in the end times since Jesus went to heaven the first time until he comes back. But saying all of that is it can be devastating. It can be fearful. um, It can be the world will show us full of just hopelessness. But our hope is in God. And he has called each of us for his glory and to use it. And I just want to encourage you this year. I know it's already at the end of February. Maybe you've already been discouraged um, with things that have happened in these first few weeks of 2023. But I want to encourage you, be available and remember, he will be with you. He is the great I am. Thank you for joining me on this first episode of 2023. It feels so great to be back with you all. I want to encourage you to check out um, my social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if there's episodes that you've heard me um, talk about, like I mentioned in these um, in this episode, check out my website, sissygramlynch.com, um, where you can get caught up on all the fearless episodes that you might have missed. Thank you for joining me on this episode.